Welcome to Critical Ditto, the Pokemon role-playing podcast run by us, listened to by you and loved by you in a very intense, passionate way. My name is Stuart Clark. I'm the GM and the Games Master and running Critical Ditto, and I am here with my robot girlfriend. Oh, okay. <laughs> Ali. <laughs> McBeal, oh, okay. Ali McBeal, who also sometimes calls themselves Alistair Hill. Um, come on, don't be shy. Come on out. Come on Sorry, out. Sorry, Stu. Yes, it is I, your robot girlfriend, Ali, with my sexy, sultry tones. <laughs> it's been it's been weeks actually. Where have you been? Can I well, veto this? Is this is this? <laughs> am I? Are we too in? Are we too in it to just say bounce back out? What? I'm sorry, Tom. Does my robot girlfriend make you uncomfortable? Okay, I'll let. I'll, let's see where it goes. Let's see the where AI it goes. The AI is very advanced. We have a connection, right, Ali? We do. Yes. Wi-Fi or Bluetooth? <laughs> Zing. My teeth. My teeth are grey, as requested. <laughs> grey. Yeah. Dye them immediately. <laughs> oh, kiss me with those grey teeth. Yeah. Just let's lock them. Let's lock those teeth. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, also living in the grey is the character that I play on the podcast, Kenny Mullet. Kenny is an empathetic young man on a quest to find out his poker powers. He has other Pokemon to help him do this and save the world from an evil poker power terrorist. Um, he has a decidui called Bowtie, uh, a Gyarados called Moustache, um, a Galvantula called Fleek, a Spiritum called Swirly, and a Salazzle called Hoops. And uh, I'm powering down no. oh, gosh, from maintenance man. Oh, no. oh, hang on. Ring, ring. <clears throat> <laughs> hey, I'm the maintenance guy. Hello, Johnson. Um, I mean, David. <laughs> <laughs> David the jo- David the Johnson Leavesley. Um <laughs> You know what? My mum's maiden name was Johnson, so that's not inaccurate. Makes sense. Oh, wow, there we go. I mean, I mean, I mean, my middle is always a great jump. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, no. Hi, hi. I'm David. You asked for a maintenance guy, and I just decided to do the 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 soft fantasy. Listen, you know that you know the 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 grey teeth veneer upgrade you installed the other week. <laughs> Some of my finest work, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, beautiful, beautiful work. But she has, Ali's just powered down unexpectedly. Ooh. Can you offer any, any words of advice there or, or, or anything? Um, have you tried turning her off and on again? Every day, mate, every day. <laughs> Nothing's, well, worked. Uh... Nothing's worked. <laughs> well, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to say a series of um, code words that we have okay, I'll, uh, I'll for hold the robot the, girlfriends. I'll hold her up to the yeah, handset, yeah. okay. Hi, Ali, hi, it's me. David, I'm one of the people on Critical Ditto, and I play a sardonic head of the Church of Sloking called Theo. And on my team, no, this seems to be on my team. Just, just try oh, a little closer to the little closer yeah, okay, to the. Just, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. On my team, Ali is a Medicham. Medicham. We've got a Medicham, we've got a Slowpoke, and we've got a traded Honchcrow. And there are other Pokemon, but they're all unconscious and you're never going to see them again. So let's just focus on those for now. Honch, 
Hunch. Hunch, 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 crow. Hello, yes, I'm back. I am Tom. I play the role of Brandy on Critical Ditto. Um, Brandy is an ex-cheerleader, um, uh, and she became the Pokemon champion with the help of Kenny and no one else. Uh, Brandy has some Pokemon. Most of them are fainted. The other one, she's stolen the best one from her best friend, Kenny. Um, it's a Kamoo, and there's also uh, Wimpenny, the Lopenny. Oh, knock, knock. Johnson, that, Johnson that is that the door? you? Johnson, are you in there? Johnson, no. open the door. Yes, yes, sadly, I am in there. Yes, have Johnson. you heard what's going on over Johnson, there? Johnson, it's me, Stuart Clark. I, uh, I requested a robot of myself three weeks ago. You <laughs> delivered that robot. That, that robot has taken over. It's replaced my wife with an AI robot, Alec McBeal, because we happen to be watching it. I need you to remotely tell me what that robot has Johnson, been up to. don't listen to this imposter. No, no it's is, not imposter. Did he ask for the grey teeth? It's me. If, he's got the, if Ali McBeal has the grey teeth in, the prophecy will be fulfilled and the earth will suffer Alex. so okay, much Stuart Clark's, lig okay, Stuart Clark's, there's one question I have for the two of you and whichever one can tell me this accurately, I won't destroy with my fire gauntlet. Okay, okay. I did put my <laughs> in the robot. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> I, now, let's find now out that you, as we look at what happened last what, time. What happened last time? Roll the tape! Previously on Critical Ditto. After learning the truth about Sloking, Gordo and the first three, Kenny, Brandy and Theo were confronted by Frey, or what they thought was Frey. It was, in fact, Tallahassee Bingeworth a.k.a. Fraser Rorick. After defeating the shapeshifter, our three heroes entered the Sephiroth tree. Now much destroyed from its previous incarnation as the trainer school, it seemed to have been taken over by darkness, by a nightmare of some sorts. Within the school, they encountered dark-type cast forms and old friends, Honey and Asta, trapped in a recurring scene where the two shared their darkest thoughts with each other. In a bid to snap them out of it, the gang are calling on the powers of Formia's number one therapist, Dr. Bunnelby, PhD. Frey clutches her head and leans against the wall. She waits practiced at the art of riding out the pain in her head until it subsides. There was no question in her mind. The pain is getting worse. She really is out of time. If she could, she would sit and rest, but that is exactly what it wants her to do. Just a few more steps, she says out loud, willing herself to keep walking down the seemingly endless spiral stairs, down into the depths of the tree. Finally, after an age, she reaches the bottom where she sees a circular glass revolving door. The sign above it reads, Department of Suffering, Sacrifice and Solitude. She stepped... Sorry, I'm going to try and narrate a voice without sounding like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, she steps inside and the automatic door revolves, revolves a lot slower than she really wants it to. As she shuffles along with it, she sees the interior of the department. The walls are a faded magnolia colour, now resembling that of an anemic Pikachu. The carpet is grey and ever so slightly sticky. As Frey walks inside, now free from the door, she heads for the desk ahead of her, her flip-flops peeling on and off the floor as she goes. At the glossy wooden desk ahead of her sits a Bidoof, 
They are wearing half-moon glasses which are attached to a brightly coloured chain. They are beavering away at a computer, oblivious to Frey's presence. There is an awkward pause as Frey stands, waiting to be acknowledged. She looks at the walls and sees various posters. One shows an image of a normal-type logo wearing a party hat. It reads... You may have to be a normal type to work here, but there's nothing normal about us. Another looks more formal. It says, would you like to take back control of your pension contributions? Speak to Janet in finance about signing up to the new scheme. Eventually, Frey decides to cough lightly. Oh my goodness. (laughs) The Bidoof jumps in shock. So sorry, I was completely in my own world there. It's all right, Sheila. Frey responds, doing her best to master... Sorry, did I miss an episode? (laughs) (laughs) Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Uh, Frey responds, doing her best to master pain. Oh, Frey! It's been absolutely ages. How have you been? Responds Sheila the Bidoof, now full of pep. Honestly, I've been better. Says Frey. Rough day. (laughs) You could say that. Frey smirks to herself. Do you like my new jazzy glasses chain? Glenn got me in the secret panda claws this year. I love it. Although most people in the office are saying it it ages me about 10 years, which is just so rude. I think it really brings out my eyes. Love this time of year. But this year especially, I really... Sheila catches herself gabbing on. (laughs) So sorry. Listen to me. Gab, gab, gab. No, 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 no. What am I like? Honestly, it's fine. You don't get visitors very often. Frey forces a smile. You're very kind, Frey. Sheila's beady eyes scan the empty space behind Frey. Just you today? Sheila puts a large logbook on the table. Uh, no, no, my friends are on their way. Bit of a commotion up there at the moment, so I think they're just held up. They'll be here, though. Odds aren't that it. (laughs) Well, you know the drill. Frey picks up a pen attached to the side of the book, shakes it a few times and begins to write. I know, I know. I've told Jackie a million times I need more ink for these pens, but will she order them? (laughs) I've asked her if she wants me to use helping hand, but you know what she's like. Oh, honestly, it's fine. Frey finishes writing and puts the pen down. She points to the door behind Sheila. Uh, Just down there, yes? You got it. Third door on the right and the assessors will be in shortly. I'll call up to them now to let them know you're here. Sheila turns back to her computer and begins feverishly typing away. Ah, thanks. Frey gets to the door but stops, her hand frozen on the door handle. Tears start to sting her eyes as she realises this might be the last time she walks through this door. No, it will be the last time. She looks back. Oh, and Sheila? Yeah? The glasses chain really does bring out your eyes. Sheila smiles from ear to ear, showing off all her large Bidoof teeth. Frey smiles back and goes through the door. The sound of Sheila fading as she walks down the corridor. very much in keeping with tone with where we are in the story. Yeah. Indeed. That was self-explanatory. <laughs> right? Good. I'm glad everyone now is on the same page and we understand what's going on. 
The Department of Suffering, Sacrifice and Solitude. Hello, fun area. <laughs> but we're not there yet. We are not there yet because we are still at the top of the tree. We're still in the ruined Poker Power Trainer Academy with Honey and Asta trapped in their nightmare scape where they are stuck repeating this scene where they are going through their, their worst fears in, in their relationship and realising the weaknesses that, uh, that the nightmarish scenario might come to pass. And you guys are there too. You have walked into this space, you've walked into this nightmare, and not only that, there are some dark cast forms floating around and trying to infect you all with negative energy. Uh, Theo has been afflicted. King Thrush has been afflicted. Brandy and Kenny have not, and they've pulled out their secret weapon in this scenario. A scenario in which someone, a small bunny, a bunnelby with a PhD, might be able to help. Tom, what is Dr. Bunnelby doing? What's their first action once they come out of the Pokeball and see this horrible scene in front of them? Dr. Bunnelby's first action is to just... <laughs> they circle the scene and they watch it play out. They watch the scene in, in entirety. Yeah. <laughs> they, okay. they, they just circle around and they just they take out a little pen and they just start taking notes. Okay, David, would you mind just giving us the last line of the scene again, the the final Asta line, as if Doctor Bunny has just concluded watching another repeat of the Stuart, scene. Stuart, thank goodness you've asked that because I have it to hand. Yes. <laughs> oh, now she wants my opinion. No need to talk it out, honey. Just leave. It's what you're ever so practised at. And they're back on the fountain. Dr. Bunnaby, you have observed the loop. Bunnable, bunnable, bunnable. Very interesting. Bunnable. <laughs> Great I, I tend to, I tend to only have to imagine nightmares. I very rarely get to watch them play out in front of me. I wonder if they can hear anything I'm saying. Probably not at this stage. But uh, let's try uh, a first gambit. Excuse me, one second. Bunnaby gets out their laptop. Starts. <laughs> Emails Sheila the Bidu. <laughs> Take, <laughs> takes out a dictaphone. Continue with recommended cookies. Yes, please. What is going on? Is that is that therapeutical advice to continue with the recommended cookies? Are you? Have you just got Tom's, onto an online therapist? Tom's looking something up. Are you chat GPTing therapeutic advice? Okay, here we go. Here we go. Sorry, I just googled questions therapists ask. <laughs> <laughs> So, Bunnelby is just going to throw out a question here. How about we switch roles? You seem like you've done this enough. Why don't you say exactly what the other person's saying? And I guess Bunnelby rolls to see if they can... Can, can Bunnelby interact? I'm, I'm hoping that Kenny infused me with some... Get me into the nightmare power. If you're controlling Bunnelby as Brandy, then I need to be doing something to hell. Chrysalia can whisper in... Look, listen, Kenny, that, that sweet little rabbit's just talking they're and talking. In, they're in way over their head here, aren't way, they? Way, over their head. I am a god, Bunnelby Bunnelby. Hmm. <laughs> I can control the nightmares of the humans before me. Truly, therapy is a weapon, and a careful one I must use. I mean, we could we could let them fail once, or do you maybe want to intervene? Maybe try and help them a little bit? I think I'm going to help. I think I'd okay. like to help right. the situation. Right. Understood. Um, so, hmm, how can I do that? Well, they just asked him to swap roles. Bunnelby, Bunnelby, Bunnelby. Do they speak Bunnelby? Oh, this could be a problem. 
I've got powers. Kenny infused me with powers. That's what I heard what's from outside Bra- the Pokemon. What's Brandy doing while Bunnaby's doing all this? Brandy is dodging cast forms for her life. Like, <laughs> Kenny seems to be immune from these. And, and Brandy is like Spider-Manning around, like, hurry up! <laughs> oh, yeah. Please? Do you know what? I think there is. I think there's like a sort of pink Chrysalia-esque barrier around you, Kenny, that's like little cast forms are bouncing off. And they're turning into love cast forms before be- being slowly depressed again. Yeah. They sort of yeah. bounce off. Yeah. They're like, oh, they're like, oh cast form. happy and joy, and they see. Yeah. Form. Oh. Hmm. Well, I think what, what Bunnelby is trying to get them to do is be empathetic towards each other. And apparently, mind palaces are my extension of empathy because it's trying to get inside someone's head. So I think I'm going to try to create a mind palace a safe place for all three all i guess four of us if i'm gonna have to be there as well me mm. honey aster and dr bonnerby we need to get we need to get them out of this specific scenario don't we We do exactly yeah, even yeah. just mentally if not physically mm. okay so all right. time for a mind palace i'm gonna conjure up i don't know a random cottage in a, in a nice quaint little english town maybe it's snowing maybe it's maybe snowing it's, maybe there's maybe some it's, thorn bushes maybe it's at the back Christmas. That, Maybe that you know what? Nice. We just had Christmas. Let's give them yeah, Christmas sort again. Of would be thematic, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah let's right. do that. Okay. So, sort of classic Hallmark Christmas movie style. Is that what we're thinking? I do. I don't know what Hallmark means, but yes. Yeah. Just go with it, Kenny. Yeah. Sure. I'm, sure. I, I'm with you. I got it. All right. Let's. This is interesting. Roll, Ali. Roll to roll to conjure Freezy Frost. <laughs> Do I get a bonus for having created it in the first place? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you fail this roll, I Freezy Frost never existed and we remove if, it. Yeah, if you fail this roll, we delete Freezy Frost from the podcast <laughs> feed. <laughs> well, guys, whether you liked it or not, Freezy Frost is here to stay because I rolled a six and a five plus a three. Oh, so oh, it's a 14. Oh, it is okay. a 14. Oh Freezy gosh. Frost just got better. The Christmas special <laughs> from three years ago. Just got better. We are the now. We're going to re-record Freezy Frost right now. Here we go, guys. All right, so you Ali, don't make start your narration. <laughs> <laughs> Ali's been wanting this for ages. Twas um, the night before Christmas, <laughs> and all through the land, not a creature was stirring, not even a palisand. Palisand! Oh, that's, all that's all I remember. Okay, you see, so, um, Ali... Oh, this is brilliant, though, because, Ali, you were the games master. Kenny is creating this. Yeah. It's like... Okay. Mate. We, have, we are playing 5D chess right now. Something's going on here. Who knew Freezy Frost was a prequel all along? Gosh. So what does what does Bunnelby say? What does Bunnelby say before Kenny starts conjuring? Bunnelby's like, but before we switch roles, I would like us to imagine ourselves in a lovely Bunnelby rabbit hutch, and then we transport into a cottage, Freezy Frost, and then Bunnelby looks around and goes, "What I meant to say was a lovely cottage." Yes. This was all my doing. This was all my doing. I created this. Okay. So. Ali, please, please describe the sort of the trainer school and the nightmare um, and the black sludge and everything just melting away with this incredible roll and the snow starting to fall. Well, I think where there was sludge, it now becomes it now becomes snow. There's a bit of a oh, we never found out the word for bark flesh, did we? <laughs> so it's flowem, 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 flowem. I prefer bark flesh. The bark <laughs> flesh is back. There's a bit of bark flesh that's like fallen from the tree and in a, in a heap on the floor in the reality that becomes transformed into a snowman in in this cottage in this lovely sort of parochial rural rustic garden. Think where Cameron Diaz goes in the holiday. The the sun is just. 
setting. There's a light dusting of snow outside. Mm -hmm. um, the dripping of the sludge becomes a nice sort of cascade of snow. And was there a sound that was made from this nightmare? Or was it just like an eerie sort of wind? Just or... eerie wind and ooze, yeah. So that eerie wind and ooze it becomes a crackling fire. Mm. And, and all of a sudden, like, it's much warmer and homelier. And there's a, there's a smell of baked cinnamon goods yeah. wafting mm -hmm. through the air. Um, <clears throat> Guys, if you haven't if you haven't listened to Frizzy Frost at this point, Now's you, the must, time. you must go back and Take now a, listen to Frizzy Frost. Pause it now, then listen to the whole of Frizzy Frost, then come back and press play. Yes, I think at this point we we will have released this, like, what, a month after Christmas? So you might be all christmas out, but hey, if you're not, it's there. It's, it's there. there. But that is the space that started before us, and you can see Kenny has closed his eyes and is concentrating very hard, and that pink aura that was around him, protecting him from the cast forms, has started to spread and envelop the space. And it's clear that without Frey's direct influence and energy, Kenny being present in the space and Cressadia being present in the space are far more powerful and able to dispel the, the nightmare scene. Can we say, Stu, that Kenny can see in this image that he's conjured up remnants of that nightmare you pick up a sort of a glass and in the reflection you see like some eyes watching like, like that sort of thing you eat a mince pie and it's got black sludge in it instead of the mince Ooh. like tiny little things like that yeah, okay, yeah, yeah 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 so this like it's not quite perfect but uh honey and aster are assuming the roles that they did in the beginning of freezy frost um honey is what, what were they doing it was aster baking yeah, honey yeah. Was, honey was I feel like Honey was like decorating. The the decorating, yeah. There was the nose pass there. A very homely Christmas feeling. Are, are, are Brandy and Theo there too, Kenny? I definitely think Theo is because Theo is also suffering from the malaise. Okay. So where is Theo in the in the scene? Are they in the house? Are they outside in the garden? In the they're, they're outside in the garden. They're staring okay. up at the sort of darkening night sky. And the snow it, falling the on their face. Yeah. Okay. And Brandy's there too, yeah? Why not? Okay. So Bonnelby sits Honey and Aster down in the living room, sits them on the couch, and Tom, what's what's Bonnelby's approach? They now have a more receptive audience. Honey and Aster yeah. are a little confused. They're a little dazed. Uh, I, I, wh where am I? What's... I don't remember being here. No. Is this real? Is this where we live? Is this our home? Bonnelby, Bonnelby, this oh. place is real. Hello. Because it is within your minds. Uh-huh. I am currently within your minds and speaking to you in a language you understand because I, too, am real in your minds. Aster, this doesn't... Correct me if I'm wrong, you are the queen of logic after all, but this doesn't mm. feel particularly logical. Uh, no, this, is, this, this feels completely illogical and beyond the realm of anything I can understand. It is delightful, I have to say. And you are so cute. Look at you sat on that little chair with your notebook. <laughs> Well, excuse me, I'm a professional, so let's keep it professional, shall we? I wish to help you both. This is my realm. I am the god of this realm. I control whether it snows or whether it's a rabbit hutch. Do not ask me well, to you, change it to a rabbit hutch. You can control the weather? I could. <gasps> yes. Esther, I oh finally, gosh, we've been asked, we've been waiting for you for years. But tell us your secrets. Can you change the weather right now? Can you do it? You both got very excited about that. Why is well, that? Uh, because, well, we have been because researching... We have been searching for answers long for time. a long time. How many years? Too many years. Don't say a number. Too many to count. And might puncture my positivity. If you did discover a way to control the weather, complete your research... Yes. What would you do next? 
honey, I come to you first. What would you do uh, next? You completed your research. You have you have completed weather. Um, Professor Honey, Queen of Weather, the skies, the thunder mistress of the night. What do you do then? That does sound she, nice. Uh, sh- she found your fan fiction, honey. <laughs> Do I regret saying the word mistress? Yes, but hey, we're here. <laughs> you say found, Asta. I published that. I, I that put is that true. out for wide distribution. Yes, it got five stars from someone called Mildred. I <laughs> know. <laughs> oh, I think it was about. It was about Professor Honey. I think it was one star. It was absolutely raked through mud. <laughs> yeah. What would you do? I, I just. I want to help. I want to help people. I want to help young, young trainers, getting their license. I've, that was why I started the trainer tournament. I just felt so useless with the weather stuff and not getting anywhere. And I, if I'm being honest, I started to doubt whether I was actually a worthwhile scientist. So I thought I could do something I, I might enjoy, teaching some young people and helping them get out into the world. I think I just, I don't know. <laughs> you, you doubt yourself a little after all those years. And Aster, what do you do? Well, um, uh, having cross-referenced it and uh, published... The ma uh, published it, of course, to be peer reviewed. Of course, um, of course. I'm a psychologist. We, yes, I would do the course. same. Um, I would, I would look for anything else that interested me within uh, my research, and possibly explore that. Wait, so you didn't, you didn't want to do the trainer school? Look, the trainer school has been, has been. I don't know. Why Why do we do the trainer school? Why, how does that help us with weather research? Well, Aster, I think if we've listened to Honey's previous answer, it's because they feel that perhaps, in terms of the science, they are having difficulty feeling as though they are making an impact. They are having difficulty helping. And perhaps you do not need much help in the science area. Perhaps I'm getting a sense Look. that maybe <laughs> you are very good at science and, the- Honey, you are very good at helping the trainer school had a purpose. We needed to see how weather implications impacted battles and Pokemon within a battle context. Therefore, incorporating a school where maybe there wouldn't be too much damage done with uh, multiple biomes, uh, uh, an opportunity that the tree presented to us, it was a logical step in order to help us with our research. Was that all it was to you? Well, (laughs) just part of the research? I told you, I told you how much that meant to me and how much I wanted to see the young people come into the tree because I, you know how much I want to help young people and you know why, you know why, because I, I want to start a family. And, and suddenly you see the vision breaking a little. Cast forms through the windows in the sky outside. Mm-hmm. She sees on the coat rack behind Bunnelby that there was a hat there, just a general winter hat, and then instead it's now flipped to a swimming cap that's yeah, just dripping and inside. Andros? Wait, who is Andros? Wait, why am I having this memory? What is going on? What is this place? I don't know who Andros is either, so that's fine. We're coming from the same place. I know who Andros is. Andros is a... He's a... A child. He was someone... He... He was in a novice trainer from our school. He was someone we took under our care and he got, he got hurt. Who hurt him? Who hurt him? We did, honey. We we tried to help him. We tried to mother him. We tried to nurture him and we lost him. And he is the reason why, he is the reason why I don't think, I don't know what I want, but I'm scared, okay? I'm scared to start a family because look what happened with the one 
with one closest thing that we had to a child. He's unconscious, and we ruined... We ruined it. We, we, we... The experiment was a failure. The experiment was Andros. We failed. We failed him. Honey. We cut back to Bonobi with a mass, just sweating profusely. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's like, oh no, what have I done? <laughs> Bonobie, Bonobie. Get it together, Bonobie, get it together. <laughs> Who's that Pokemon? On a motorcycle. The improv begins here. Brum, brum. Like my motorcycle. Oh, I was confused. I thought it was a broom, but my broom's going very fast. I can ride this broom like a witch. Wait. Oh, no. My motorcycle improv is crumbling. Thanks, yeah. to, the, thanks <laughs> to the spooky witch on the broom. <gasps> and I look down and I'm, look, and I'm actually riding a, a broom, but I'm pretending it's a motorcycle. No, witch, you've put me under a spell. Yep, and the way to get out of the spell is to read a midsection. D David, anything to say in the improv? Uh... <laughs> I was ready to play a broom at any point, but no, you really, you got in there. <laughs> Thanks, talking broom. Well, there we go, gang. Thanks for listening to the Motorcycle Improv. Now on to the <laughs> midsection. Sound the Patreon champion tier horn. Champion! <laughs> uh, so this is from Green Pikmin, who is a champion patron. Thank you, Green Pikmin. They say... I know this is very late, but I hope you like my character idea, even if she does not make it into the midsection. Only recently found your podcast and absolutely love to listen to it whenever I draw. So this character's name is Gavina Sanyu. Gavina Sanyu. Body type. Tall, fairly buff. Hair, dark red slash black hair. Its shape is somewhere between Iris from Black and White 1 and Zororok. Hello. Now oh, we're gosh. talking midsections. Oh, wow. Zororok's involved. Hello, yeah. It's been a pa while. It's been a while. Partner Pokemon, a Mimikyu without costume named Gem that is living in her hair. Other Pokemon include Porygon 2, Bastiodon, and Sigilith. She comes from Unova and has a slight accent. Ah, that Unovan accent, which I think Classic. for us is just American, because I think that's where all the cheerleaders are from. Uh, Green Pikmin goes on to write, She loves exploring in archaeology. When exploring, she writes a journal, then makes copies using Porygon 2 and lets Sigilith scatter their pages throughout the area she's exploring. Each page is one diary entry, meant to intrigue people into exploring. Open brackets, despises the church of Slaslow because of their opposing view on sharing knowledge. Gavina is very friendly, but very out of the loop news wise usually uses actual brute force and intimidation to shoo away evil teams her pokemon besides mimikyu usually only fight in a pinch okay so she's the one who does the uh, does the fighting uh, her mimikyu is called gem because she found it in an old vase uh, thinking the glint of its white eyes to be gems feel free to think of names for the other ones okay well ali Porygon 2, give me a name. She found this Porygon um, under the stairs, so it's called um, Broom. I panicked with the midsection again. Bro <laughs> yeah. I panicked. I panicked. Okay. We're so going to stick got, with Broom. We've got Broom, the Porygon 2, because it was found under the stairs. David, Bastiodon. Okay, so uh, the Mimikyu is called Gem because it looked like a gem in the vase. So Bastiodon is a uh, turkey dinosaur because when she saw it, she thought about really wanting some turkey dinosaurs. Perfect. So we've got, so we've got Gem, Broom, 
a turkey dinosaur and the sigilith, I shall say, was also found under the stairs, so that's Broom 2. So we've got <laughs> Porygon 2, which is called Broom, and sigilith, which is called Broom 2, and then turkey dinosaur and gem. There we go. Right, Gavina, who is a sort of archaeologist come explorer, and she, she scatters her diary entry pages, scatters them all around. Remind me, did, do we... Do we know the content of the diary pages? We do not know the content of the diary pages. Just that they're they're an explorer, archaeologist. Archaeologist. So she would probably have been pretty interested. If she's coming to uh, Formula, she'd probably been pretty interested in those massive fossils in Neubatten, I would imagine. Yeah. I know they, they, they've come up a lot in midsections, and I feel like we, we, we've probably broken our own uh, laws about what we've improvised because i've not remembered everything about them we have picked up random notes before but they were encased in buns with hillary haven't they mm. so mm. perhaps 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 hillary and gavina sort of met while they were you know gavina was out traveling and gavina gave hillary the idea to hide notes in in surreptitious yeah. places hillary had the traveling was hillary's business the, yep yep the traveling book yeah, yeah. Hillary yeah, was your midsection character, David. You tell us. You tell us. <laughs> yeah, no, so with authority, I will say that as as a nomadic person themselves, uh, Hillary and Gavina could have just... Maybe maybe Hillary did inspire Gavina to be like, hey, what's a, what's a diary if not a series of missives that you could scatter inconsequentially amongst people of Formia? You know, why not? I love that. I, re I wonder... As well, so Gavina came to Formia, spoke with Hillary. Maybe that's why Gavina hates the church as well, because Hel Hillary was excommunicated at this point and mm. distributing knowledge. So Gavina is like a sort of a Padawan, a student of of Hillary and things like that. And I I wonder to try and tie. Gavina into our story a little bit. Perhaps she heard about a sighting, as she's from Unova, of a genesect in Formia, and she's sort of hunting down legendary, legendary Pokemon. She actually, after the gang left the core, she she appeared to uh, confirm the Genesect existence, but actually it was just a robot suit, a Robo Genesect suit. Yeah. Um, yeah. So perhaps what does she what does she want to do once she's found the Genesect suit? I'm I'm assuming she would want to. Oh, she was looking for the suit, not for the Genesect itself. No, no, she's... she was looking for the Genesect itself, but she wants but she to know who who built this suit, who's seen Genesect to be able to build build this suit like what's that plot? we never we never established if genesect was part of the prison security program or something that team helsing team brought, in. brought in did we no we didn't so, so could what's be either, more Ali? fun <laughs> of those two i'm gonna i'm gonna say the zygarde was a security program right yeah i reckon Vaughn paid top dollar for the Genesect suit defense thing. Like that was always Vaughn's like, I'm gonna get in the Genesect suit at one point and just like mm. completely destroy everyone. Little did we know that Vaughn would then become a spider. Uh, well, a spider different creature. type of insects. Yeah, well, exactly, of, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it was sort it. of written in the stars. So I think that Vaughn bought it at top price from uh, somewhere. So, okay, so Gavina is currently going through Vaughn's receipts um, perhaps with an accountant. What a, who knows. What a thrilling side episode. Oh, it's a big episode. I'm telling you right now, we're going to do some fiscal inter investigation. Or Roll the dice it. to see if you have a tax return that needs to be filed. <laughs> yeah. That's her big. That's her big discovery is that she's like, wow, Varn is committing tax avoidance like an absolute fiend. And what does she discover when she sees the receipt? Who did Varn buy the Genesect suit from? 
What about like a, a parent or an older sibling of one of those three bug catchers that we met really early on in Route Oh, well, Forest? one of them was really wealthy, weren't they? The one who gave me Kabuto. So... Yes, Darius. And there's the archaeology link. <gasps> David. David, That's David, it. David. So hold on. Uh, so th we're saying now that Gavina is tracking down Darius's father, Xavier, I want to yeah, say. I think, Professor I Xavier, Xavier, I believe. Yeah, it was That's Professor Xavier. Memory. That was very, it was very episode seven humour. Am I right, folks? But like Professor Xavier, that's a very ha-ha look at us. We're, yes, we're we being became clever. much more subtle as the series <laughs> We became <went> <laughs> really, really subtle. We're so smart now. Um, so just a reminder, the Pokemon are called Broom and uh, there's a Porygon, there's a Broom 2 and, uh, <laughs> and Turkey Dinosaur. Uh, yeah, really heightened the uh, comedy acumen. Uh, for this one. So she is going to find Professor Xavier and discover where Professor Xavier got the idea for the Genesect suit and did he in fact encounter the real Genesect so she can come back to Unova and prove the existence of Genesect. So basically she's the she's Nicole Kidman's dad in Paddington, right? She's Formia is Peru and she's trying yeah. to find the existence of Genesect and prove it to the Genesect well, the legendary council of geographers in Unova. Unova with two brooms and a turkey dinosaur and a gem. Ironic that you'd have to leave Unova to discover Genesect, a famously Unovan Pokemon, but yeah. I guess that's just the way well, it exactly. crumbles, isn't it? run away. Hey, there's run only away. one and they fled. I mean, you know, what I love about her is that she, this person... <laughs> This person loves legendaries and missed Zygarde, ran into a building to find completely. a fake Genesect, has probably avoided a Zapdos taking over the Pokemon League, um, completely missed the part where a Moltres came out of another dimension to fight two of us, but is still convinced that by finding Dr. Xavier, they will find the most interesting legendary Pokemon in the Formian region. And do you know what? That sounds like the completely perfect midsection character for our listeners. And that's it. Thank you so much, Green Pikmin. As I've said multiple times now we're not accepting any more uh midsections we've got them green pikmin skip the queue if you're a champion can, can tier we, can we can we change the 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 wording of we are not accepting midsections you can to, send them unfortunately, you can send them, sure. I'd unfortunately love to... we've now we now have no more space for midsections or we something. don't unless you're a champion tier patron in which case you can jump the queue like green pikmin did that's the only way to get in now so you can right. join the critical okay. ditto patreon at the champion tier by well, going like to w Mm, going to www.patreon.com forward slash critical ditto um, or you can just email it to us at critical ditto at gmail.com um, okay just going to finish off the uh, motorcycle improv um... who's that Pokemon it's cast form we cut to Kenny and you guys outside I think Kenny and Brandy are like look at each other and then slowly walk up to, to Theo staring at the, the sky Theo Theo hello Theo talk to us we're not going to say anything we're just going to listen okay Brandy Theo you yeah. no you tell us Theo when you're done talking I think I know this journey has given me so many answers to so many things that as soon as I learned the truth, I realized that I never wanted the question answered in the first place. I get why the church doesn't like information being spread. I like 
the not knowing. I think that's why they told us to keep asking questions and never provide answers, because the knowing sucks. I keep trying to be resistant to all of these like crazy changes to everything I believe about the world, but everything that I learn just makes me realize that this world is cruel and erratic and weird and painful and sad. My own god hated being a god and then precipitated everything that we are having to experience and suffer through right now. I think I was happy not knowing where Sloking was or what the King's Rock could do because not knowing allowed me to give my life some purpose. But now, having all of this information, I feel terrified. I am terrified that I have to confront the idea that everything I've ever loved is not a lie, that everything I've ever loved is just stupid. I'm just scared that we're going to go on a journey to find something that's even more ludicrous than everything else that we've already found out so far. Why Why did you follow Sloking? Before? I came to the church because nobody no, else no, understood no, me. No, 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 no. Not why were you at the church. Why did you believe in Sloking? Because it gave me meaning. And why does knowing that Sloking had a corporeal body and had, was flawed and was scared not give them meaning to you? Does Brandy and me and Adri, do we give no meaning to you? Because we are all of those things and you are too. And you give meaning to us. And the meaning that you've given me terrifies me because you are real and tangible and flawed and mortal and I could lose you at any time. And you are the thing that gives me power. And I had something that gave me power that I thought was ineffable. And it's just as real of any of you. I'm scared of losing Sloking in the same way that I'm scared of losing any of you. I'm scared that I care. But faith is not based on practicality, is it? For, forgive me, I'm not, I'm not part of the church. I don't know much about, about religion and, and why you believe, but you believe in them because they gave your life meaning. And just because they're, just because you could theoretically go up and talk to them doesn't mean that they can't still give your life meaning. I had people try to make something out of me. What would the Kennys do? You know, all that stuff. I couldn't handle it because I couldn't deal with the level of responsibility. But they did that because... because I helped them. No, I didn't. The idea of me did. That's what gave them strength, not, not me physically. In fact, if anything, I was a burden to them. But the idea of what I could do. That helped. And Theo, what you can do, whether Sloking is by your side or whether they are a mythical, fictitious thing in your head, 
you can achieve greatness beyond anything Slowking could even imagine. In fact, you could do what Slowking could not and help this world heal. Slowking's like a bad boyfriend, Theo. The more you find out about them, the worse they get. They're better as an image in your mind. And do you know what, Theo? You're completely opposite to a bad boyfriend to me. You too, Kenny. The more you find out about the world, the more you hate it. Well, I agree. But the more I get to know about you and you, Kenny, is the more I love you. Both of you. And ignorance is not bliss in that way. I'm so pleased. And every time I learn more, every time I ask more questions and know a bit more and get a bit further, maybe that's in my crazy head. Maybe that's what the church is about. Asking questions of the people around you and you'll get to you'll get to love them and be closer even more. Yeah, that's a good point, Brandy. And the church can be whatever you want it to be now, Theo. Yeah, it's your thing. You could have you could you could introduce speed dating. <laughs> you could introduce you could introduce technology. Well, well, he could introduce a fax machine. Okay, well, let's not go crazy here. <laughs> <laughs> I think it scares me how much power we have. I'm with you, but I, I kind of can't wait for us to somehow, and we are going to do it. We're going to make Formia realise everyone in it has got power, even if that's poker-powered. But, but probably more like it's not about poker powers or no poker powers. It's just they've got power because they can learn about others. They can... They can care. Yeah. You think knowledge is making words scary, but knowledge is also giving people power. Power to make the informed decisions. Anyway. And Bradley throws a snowball at Theo's face. <laughs> oh, Kenny, why is your mind palace cold? Why is this... <laughs> Oh, okay, right. Well, I'm really glad I poured out all of my feelings just to be hit by cold water, but thank you so much. Genuinely. <sighs> Wait, is Asta here? I feel like I can smell <laughs> intelligence. Okay, can you get a bucket of cold water and just throw it over them now? <laughs> okay. Well, it's warm inside. It's warm inside. What, what chaotic scene do the three of you walk back into as you re-enter the house? Bunnelby has, has asked in desperation for Asta and Honey to hang upside down like bats, thinking that the brain with more blood in it will make more logical sense. Oh, this is, this is such a reality check for Dr Bunnelby. It's... Dr Bunnelby is freaking out. But Dr Bunnelby asked this question with them hanging upside down. So okay. Dr Bunnelby says... Oh, Tom's gone on to the next question on his list. It's right here, written right here from Shannon, the therapist, uh, from positivepsychology.com. Shout out. Um, and uh, Bunnelby asks, okay, okay, so... Bunnelby. Okay, I think I've got to the point of this. So, but but let me ask you this one question before you tear each other's head off. Why is, why is Andros unconscious? Did you knock him out? What happened? Was that Shannon's next question? Yes, that was Shannon's <laughs> next question. Why is Andros unconscious? Why is Andros unconscious? It's a oh, common therapy question, David. Honey, honey, upside down. I, I have no idea. I haven't seen Andros. I, I, I... Um, Andros. Uh, oh, can I remember? I was um, with Frey. I was with Frey. 
What was I doing? Yes, you you were you had gone to you had gone. You'd gone to try to help him. You didn't want my help. You went off and did it by yourself. Uh, and then you and then and then Professor Honey knocked Andros unconscious, and that's why you're angry. No, no, no that's not no, what happened. No. Honey, Honey left, left me. Okay, well, we'll come back to that. But uh, well. Honey left me. You left me. You left me to try to find him. I just because you thought you knew better. But why is and why is he unconscious? That's all I want to know. Remember this. Remember this fact, because that's our sticking point here. You're upset, and you're both worried about Andros. Quite clearly, that's what I can see right now. And so all I want to know is, why is Andros unconscious? And then the room freezes. Except for you, Kenny. Oh. Bunnaby's paw is held in midair. There's a giant snowball that Theo has snuck up to Brandy and is just about to like pile on, and that's paws in like midair. <laughs> yep. Asta and uh, Asta and Honey are upside down, um, with confused looks on their faces, trying desperately to remember things that Bonnaby has asked them. And you, Kenny, are the only one who can move and walk around the space. You can f still smell the faint burning of the cookies that have been baking in the oven. The um, see the sun starting to set and night starting to take the sky and the fire still flickering but needing it's it's burning out it's burning out and um you hear oh, a this is fun oh wait no it's not so fun no <laughs> and, uh, kenny no listen it's only me it's only ah, your right. pal dark ken hey ken is dark ken in a sort of wintry gear yeah actually Cute. yeah I, I think it appears in physical form next year so it's it's shadow kenny um, oh wearing... nice! If like the shot is at like a profile of Kenny, then Dark Kenny like steps, yeah, next yeah, to yeah. steps from behind, yeah. Uh, yeah. and it's like it's just me. Takes off their winter hat and scarf, and lays them on the sofa next to Doctor Bunnelby. Um, Gosh, you're casually attractive. <laughs> well, I, I mean that says a lot about you. It says more about you than it says about me. <laughs> Um, Sorry, just something about a winter gear. I don't know. I feel like feel right now. No. <laughs> Dark Hen sits in one of the large armchairs across uh, the room and puts their feet up on a futon. We're in a bit of a sticky situation here, aren't we, Ken? Are we? Why? Well, what? Listen, I mean, we've conjured this place. It's beautiful, isn't it? This lovely wintry landscape. The snow yeah. falling. You know, it's not technically real, but it's beautiful. And I feel like it should be real. I well, I agree. I agree. I think it should be real too. And I think that we, you know, we have the power to make it more real, don't we? What are you Look getting at? Look at these two. Look at these two fruit bats hanging from the ceiling here. You know, bless them. They are so confused. They're so mucked up. Pair of them. They love each other. They do. But they're so messed up. You know, by the by the world. And let's be frank as well, Kenny. If they're if they're gonna find out the truth about Andros and you know, we still don't know how he is, do we? No, we don't. We don't. Are you gonna suggest that I trap him in a nice dream? I'm just suggesting that maybe maybe Freezy Frost does become canon, do you know what I mean? Oh god, what a spin on Freezy Frost that would be. I'm sorry, but I worked too hard on that Christmas special for it to become a nightmare dream. <laughs> it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be a nightmare, Kenny. It wouldn't be a nightmare. Come on, bud. Look around you. Think of the wonderful adventures they could have in this beautiful space. 
Kenny looks around and there is a little cushion in the shape of the Grinch's head and he's like, yeah. I wonder if that could be a thing. That could be a character. <laughs> he could be the villain, but like a fun villain. Like not a scary villain, just like a silly villain. They could write ski moguls, for goodness sake. And you know what the finale of it all could be? That they rediscover their love and their desire to have a child. Because that's what they really want deep down. We just have to help them see that. Come on, Kenny. If there is ever a time... And then we, we've got a mission. We've got a mission to do. We don't have time do you know, to be... Do you, know, do you know what I think our fundamental difference is? Is dark, Ken, is... I'm more attractive? Well, A, yes. I know, I... These, these crow's feet are going to take years to get rid of. Um, <laughs> but... You seem to be labouring under the pretension that there's a right way and a wrong way to do life. Like that there's a good... A good answer and a bad answer. These two people are both valid in what they want. If Aster doesn't want a child, then she shouldn't be with Honey if Honey's going to prioritise a child above her. But if she does want one, then it's a realisation she needs to come to by herself. And I am not going to be the one that dictates their life for them. That's what Frey's trying to do. You need to trust people more. Trust that people can learn. And he looks, Kenny looks at Theo. Trust that people can learn from the answers that life gives them. Not be terrified by them. Do you think they'll trust you, Kenny, when they find out? I'm not that important to them. All right, well, listen. We're a partnership. We are. I, I haven't actually had a chance to say thanks for the Zapdos thing yet, because mm. oh, you were you were great. You were really, really good. In fact, that's probably why you're so attractive right now. In fact, please don't try and take over my body. <laughs> yeah, if you if you would let me be in control of myself. Like, I know I've still got that fail hanging over me. Don't do anything weird now, you. I, yeah, you know, because we're learning from each other, aren't we? Yeah. You're not a bad yeah. person. I'm not a bad person. We don't need to do bad things. Well, Kenny, as you said, mate, what's good and bad? Y yeah, see, that could be interpreted badly, though. So, <laughs> yeah, all right. Let's, well, let's put a pin in that for now. Ken, uh, Dark Ken puts the winter gear back on and opens the door and just turns back to you and Kenny just says... Good luck with them, then. When they find yep. out about Andros, feel like you might need it. And closes the door. And then the scene comes back to life and Kenny says, I know what happened to Andros. Honey! Oh, thank goodness. Kenny will tell us what happened to Andros and clear up this mess. Which one knocked Andros unconscious? Was it Asta or, or Honey? It was me and Brandy. Huh? That's <laughs> Record scratch. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Brandy drops the snowball on her own face. And then Butterbee's like, well, good news. It wasn't either of you two. So there's no reason to be there's no reason to be angry. My work here is done. Brandy, I'm ready to be returned to the Pokeball. Asta Asta turns to you, Kenny. What? What do you mean? I thought you saved Andros. No, we actually we didn't save Andros. We we saved everyone else, and we hope we saved Andros. What did you do? And you can hear the same question that Asta asked when they were in the conclave that you never got a chance to answer when she was cradling Andros's unconscious buddy. What did you do? 
Okay, hold up a second. That's getting a little bit aggressive here. We saved Andros. There's no two ways about that. Kenny, you're being very diplomatic about it. Brandy, until until Andros wakes up, I don't I I don't know if we can properly say that. If Andros was still awake, Andros would not be around. I'm yeah. telling you that now. We yeah. saved Andros. True. In a, in a, in a in a sense we did. See, honey, you you had gone. You you left on your own mission to try to find Andros and it led you to a place where you were undercover uh trying to take down Frey and Astor you were trying to find them um and well Andros found us Andros had been taken in by Frey and had succumbed to Frey's manipulations and was a monster and we had to go to a place a bit like this we had to go inside Andros's mind because where we are right now is inside of a mind. It's kind of inside my mind, but it's also, it's taken things from both of you two. The smell of cinnamon. Aster, that's you. This rustic cottage aesthetic. Honey, that's you. The, the dark spooky ichor, that's me, unfortunately. Um, I, I still have that a little bit in me. But look, we went somewhere like this and we had to do battle with the monster inside Andros's mind. Sort of. We had to do a dance competition. It's a whole thing. Kenny, let's not get into that now. Let's not. Bonnaby pokes up. <laughs> yeah. Bonnaby, don't analyze it. Yeah, don't analyze it. Um, and we overcame the monster inside of him. And we got rid of that monster inside of him. That's that's what happened to Andros. The last we left him, Aster, you were looking after him. We could do a roll. Yeah. Oh, I feel no. like we should do a roll. Yeah. Seeing as it's me and Tom's fault, one one d six each. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Ali, why? Should we set up the stakes then, so that we know what what it means? What this roll isn't necessarily about whether Andros is okay or not. This is a roll of how Honey and Aster are going to react to oh, this kind okay. of realisation and oh, whether they either see it as a way of like, oh, we managed to, we both we both see that we care about Andros, as does Kenny and Brandy. And that, uh, like, maybe we do need to work together a bit more in order to discover what we really want in our lives. Maybe they decide on a, on a full success that, like, maybe that's where they're going to put their scientific research into like, trying to help andros but what's the fail is a fail honey and has to break up ultimately kenny, kenny just said like look good or good and bad things happen oh, and as so long as right. you learn from them like if Emily oh, doesn't want to have kids exactly then, we then need to we you know that, that's the fail here not and that look, i'm saying not having kids is a fail to people listening okay that's not what i'm saying god please please dice roll do we do any pluses on this or is it just flat because Flats, David, co-GM co with me right now, what do we think? Kenny did give a lovely speech that explains all the points, I think, well. So I think there's some merit. Yeah. Let's say plus one. Let's say plus one. Let's say a nice plus one. So it's 2d6 plus one. And a mixed success we will come to if we get it. I feel like a mixed success, Percy, would be that they do resolve their differences, and they do, but they just don't forgive us. That's better. Mm. It's better that they are together, not liking yeah. us. They don't forgive Kenny and Brandy for putting Andros in a coma. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Full success, they okay. do forgive us. Complete fail, they can't forgive each other. <sighs> this is a big role. 
It's called the forgiveness roll. <sighs> yeah, it is a forgiveness roll. <sighs> you ready, go, Tom? Guys. This yeah, is what I'm we ready. do when you decide a story by rolling dice. Oh, God. Okay. We're adding a plus one to this roll, are we? Yeah, we're adding a plus one. Have you rolled? So I've rolled. Okay. I feel sick. So uh, after three, we say what we've rolled? Yeah. Three, two, two one. one. Three. Two. <gasps> plus one. It's a fail. I feel oh so God. glad I'm not you guys oh right now. God. That's oh me. No. I rolled a two. I rolled a two. Oh. Kenny, you just look at, you look out the window and you see Dark Cairn wrapped in their scarf, just shaking their head and walking away. And we return to the present. And David, can you take Asta? Yeah. The cottage melts away. The cottage melts away. And we're back in the, we're back in the dilapidated school. And Aster and Honey are sat on the fountain, as they were, but they're no longer playing out a scene um, conjured from some nightmare scenario. They're just sat there in silence. And um, Kenny and Brandy are slightly in front of them in this broken fountain. You know why I think you're happy about creating the trainer school, Honey? It's that you felt pride that the Pokemon League used it to find the special defenders. I don't think you even knew what you wanted it to be until that moment happened. But it's those special defenders, the people that you left in charge with that evil organization that kept slowing our research. It's because of them that Andros could be gone for good. And it's because you left and you kept barreling into things to try and fix the mistakes of these children that we left in charge. I, maybe I did want a child, but I don't know if I want a child in a world in which you leave fools to make these decisions. Maybe you did, maybe you didn't, but I, I guess I kind of predicted that you didn't and that's why I left. Because I knew that I was the one who wanted to really look after Andros. I guess that's the truth, isn't it? Well, honey. I guess one of your hypotheses finally came true. This is real now, isn't it? Yeah, this is real. No, it's not real. It's not. This is... What are you guys... What are you two saying? I'm not saying anything because I really... I don't, I don't know what to say. I, I've, I've never been speechless in my life, but I, th I think I am now. Um, I, I, I think I need to go. I think I need to leave. Um, I'm going to go find Andros. It's what I was going to do the whole time. That's, what I, that's, that's my mission. So I'm going to go and do that. I'm going to go and see if I can fix the mistakes that you guys have made. I can see if I can help him, help that boy. Poor boy. I, I hope you do. And Professor Honey gets up from the fountain and walks out of the training school. She, just, she doesn't know where she's going. She doesn't know how she's going to get out of here. She just needs to leave, so she just walks. Followed by Carnivine. Carnivine! Oh! <laughs> oh. A cast form hits Carnivine. Oh, Get with the vibe, man. Vibe. Come on. Yeah. Curse form. Curse form. I like. What if I think the cast form slowly exit with just following Honey, and then mm. as they get outside, the sun is shining, and so they should be in sun form, but they're still in their sad form. Yeah, yeah. And they just follow Honey out of the tree. Aster, I'm I'm sorry. We really did try to do what we thought was best. And Kenny pointedly says this inside his head. I don't regret the decisions I made. There are always casualties in war, I suppose. 
and our friendship will be another. <sighs> Goodbye, all three of you. I wish you luck. Can Astra at least tell them where Biomostar is? Yeah. Just just to help our story. Just... Yeah. <laughs> I know it was I know it was a fail, Asta. I know. Yeah. But can there be a sliver of hope? Yeah, okay. So Asta looks to Kenny and Brandy but can't cannot address to anything to either of them and instead mm. looks to Theo. To Theo, and, yeah, okay. And says, What you're looking for, what you need, is through the O Star door at the top of this tree. It's already been opened by Frey, so you won't have any problems, but through there. Get through there, and maybe you can start writing some of the wrongs of your journey so far. I think uh, Asta then goes up to Theo and puts a hand on their shoulder and grips it, and then whispers in their ear, I trusted you to get this right. I trusted all of you. And leaves. Oof. Gang, this... <laughs> this is what happens when a nightmare becomes a reality. But it's better to live the reality than live... in the nightmare. When you learn all the facts, you've just got to keep going, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. To the top of the tree. And the floats also ascend to the top of the tree. As we've said, the, the door to Biomostar is one of those weird things where if you know about it, you can find it. So once you get to the top of the tree, Theo seems to sort of preternaturally be able to identify the spot where the Biomostar door is, locates it, and as anticipated by Asta, the traps have been disabled, and you can open this heart-shaped door, which opens but will not close a heart split in two. Oh, Oh, Stu. Do you know what? F*** you, Stu. I didn't need that. I did not need that. Man. Oh, there I was thinking I was at the bottom of the f***ing well and then bam, I'm kicked further down. Sorry, Stu, you continue. Uh, no, no, no. Yes, all three of you walk through the crack in the heart and descend through the Sephiroth tree. Um, what does this path look like? Is there anything? Is there anything special about this path? Yeah, it's actually it's really cool. It's oh, it's great. Lovely. It's really good. Yeah. Nice. It's a it's slip and slide the whole way down. <laughs> yeah. It's full of people applauding us for the phenomenal yeah. decisions that we have made over the last series. It of is. Episodes. All of the people Andros bullied in his past are like, thank <laughs> God that guy's gone. He was the dick. I think he was a racist. I'm just oh. saying. That's what someone said. Brandy, you're walking down some stairs and you're like, well, I mean, there's no one pushing me. There's yeah. no one pushing me here. I'm screwed. The perfect revenge. I've, 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 I've broken up your parents, Andros. Oh How do God, you that feel? Was it. That, that was it. it. The ultimate revenge. The ultimate revenge for being pushed down the stairs. You broke my arm. I broke your home. Welcome to episode 96, Andros, from episode 6. 90 episodes later, I finally enact my revenge. Oh, wow. Okay, which one of you is walking ahead of the other two? Feels like Kenny. Yeah, it does feel like Kenny. Kenny yeah. feels like the one that's really dug the heels in to be like, yep. This is the right yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Kenny's walking ahead. Theo, Brandy, you're walking behind. Is there any chat between you two? Yeah, I think probably. There's still that faint pink glow around Kenny. Something's changed in him, hasn't it? 
we've still made all the right decisions, haven't we? It still outweighs the bad. It definitely does, Theo. And we're about to make the biggest right right now, and that is by defeating Frey. You're right. Kenny's right, you're right, I'm right. We've gone through too much. We've had too many squabbles for us to fight again now. And uh, Theo takes the Juliet's bow tie mm. that they gave them, uh, the way of entering a mine palace, and uh, shows it to Brandy. Is that a cool bow tie? Why are you showing it to me? <laughs> Is that Kenny's Christmas present? Like, what? what's the deal? I love it. Can you say it's from both of us? Can I sign the card? <laughs> Brandy, if anything goes wrong, one of us uses this. What is it? Just attach it to Kenny if anything goes wrong. Okay. Put it out of my robes if you have to. If I'm if I'm at that point, if I'm indisposed and and it will it's a it's a stopgap. I trust you. I think I trust you too. That's close enough. <laughs> I will take it. That'll do. Uh, Theo, just FYI as well. Uh, just so you've got it, I also have an item. Do not, under any circumstances, use it on Kenny. But if it comes to it and there are no other options and I am not around, please do use it on Frey. And ignore what I said on the ship about Mrs. W. And that's all I'll say about it. Well, I think I've already ignored that a couple of times recently, so don't worry. Brenda, you feel ever so conscious of that Destiny Bond lantern just lurking in your bag. Just one last question. Do you think I still don't stand a chance with Asta now? Oh, I think now that is over. I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. That's I, mean, bad. I, I didn't. I didn't you put that child be, into look, a coma. What I'm saying is, you might. You, this might be one of those ones where you meet in later life. I'm thinking like mm. cruising age, as in cruise mm. ships age. Oh no, and, I was thinking the other. Okay. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. I knew you uh, would. Uh, uh, maybe it's. I one just of those. think Adrian, Adrian, Aston really just would get on, wouldn't they? Yeah. Okay, and you descend. Kenny, what's going on in your head as you're striding down through the tree? Inside Kenny's mind, he <laughs> just sees, like, lurching forward Dark Ken's face, and then Kenny just puts out a metaphorical hand and pushes it away, and then the face comes forward again, and he just pushes it <laughs> Every time the eyebrows get a little bit higher, and the, the, the look gets a little more, I told you so, <laughs> e feels like Dark Ken is singing a musical number at this point. It, like, that's that's the vibe I'm getting. If you would, Stu. <laughs> take on me, oh, take on me, take me up. No, 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 I will not, I will not. Oh, it's so catchy. So you two hear that and go, oh, Kenny's doing elevator uh, music doing again. He's doing elevator music again. Well, that's, that's a good sign. Um, yeah, okay, so you descend. And, David, how long does it take to descend through oh, the Sephiroth Trade? Oh, how long's a piece of string, Five uh, days! <laughs> <laughs> we camp out, we braid each other's hair, it's a whole thing. I'm going to say 25 minutes. I'm going to say 25 it's 25 minutes. minutes. Okay, yeah, so I think you... it's kind of annoying because it took us 15 to get up to the door and then 25 minutes to go down and Brandy's sort of complaining that we've gone up just to go down and there should right, have been a yeah. door on the ground floor and it would have only been 10 <laughs> that minutes. Been logical. That would have been logical. Yeah, well, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. Oh, all right, so, thanks uh... so much, Theo. So you descend and as you get lower and lower, your sort of your your sense of reality starts to just fade and your 
just your tether to like where you are in space. I'd like, like to do a role like... for that, actually. <laughs> I'd like to decide that for myself. Thank you. No, I just mean like sense senses wise, you sort of lose. You're like, wait, how long has it been? How how far down are we? Where are we? Are we in the ground right now? What's going on? Um, and eventually, you reach what is the bottom, and there is a glass revolving door. Uh, above it, it says a gold plaque that says Department of Suffering, Sacrifice, and, and Solitude. Solitude. Yes. Finally, some admin. Oh. <laughs> Theo takes over. Goes like, oh. <laughs> Leave this to me, boys and Brandy. <laughs> okay, here's a big question for us as a group. Do we all share the same revolving door segment or do we do three individual segments? Or maybe we try to do three, but it's there's only two of us go in and who's left out? Oh. Brandy's left out. Brandy's left out, yeah. Brandy doesn't trust the revolving door. Okay, so you go to in uh, in your various segments and end up on the other side. And as we've described for it, you walk into what is a very traditional office space. There is a desk, front desk, a small bidoof sat behind, typing away, with glasses on a chain, thick buck teeth, just nattering and gnawing. There are posters, as we saw, uh, decrying the office platitudes and behind Sheila she's got her name plaque on the desk as well there are employees of the month Ali what was the most recent employee of the month at the Department of Solitude they're all normal types <laughs> okay thank you for that Stu I yep. resent uh, this having an office job like this <laughs> I actually work in an office so <laughs> screw you <laughs> we're all normal types <laughs> no this is Norman's Norman made this office bland Boring <laughs> normal types. Um, what normal types haven't we had yet? I would love it to be a completely uh, new one. Um, and I can't think of any single normal types. It's a Skitty. We've had, it's a, a Skitty. Skitty was the most recent employee of the month. In fact, Skitty's been the employee of the month for how many consecutive months, David? Um, four. And before that was Larry from Paldea, inexplicably. And then before that was Skitty again. Yeah. Um, and there were former bosses of the department dating all the way back to when the department was established uh, by Norman, who was the first the first CEO of the Department of Solitude, Sacrifice and Suffering. And there's been a whole, you know, lineage of normal type creatures. Tom, yes. As the CEO always passed down father to son, and it's always... Can be. A slay king. Oh, it's a slay king and then... Into a, slaking. Like, into a slaking. So there's lots of like slack arts, vigor arts, and slakings are the lineage. Those are the, those have always been the CEOs. These slackings. Um, and yeah, Sheila looks up from from her desk and says, "Ah, uh, oh, hi there, hi everybody. Welcome, welcome to the Department of, of Suffering, Solitude, and Sacrifice." This is not the greeting I was expecting. From you must for be. This. Um, are you are you with Frey? No. Yes. Yes, yes. Well, uh, which yes. she mentioned. Yeah, uh, she mentioned some other people uh, were coming. All right, we've just no worries. We've just got to get you to sign in on the logbook. Just, just here, pens a little bit temperamental. You want us to sign in? Yeah, yeah, we've got to sign in. If you've got a visitor, why? The Bidoof says Brandy. Okay, I just want to know why I've got to sign my name in a logbook. Can I just ask uh, Sheila when did Frey come through here last? Oh. And Sheila glances at the clock, and there's no numbers on the clock. There's no numbers, there's no hands on the clock. It's just a blank face. Oh, my God, that's terrifying. Um, um I don't know. It's, oh, can't have been too long ago. No more than, I don't know, five days or minutes. I've, I've, it's, it's, it's difficult to tell down here. We, um, right. we don't really have your traditional circadian rhythm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Mm. 
So, um, when we sign in, are we supposed to put the time? Because apparently time doesn't exist down here. Or are we just no, putting just our put names? Name. What? Just put your name, sign in. And you've got your presentations ready, of course, have you? Yes. Yes, yeah. I've got 33. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah all dissertation level. Yeah, we're going to borrow one from our friend. Well, uh, well, presentation nice. for, it's nice to have for... somebody so prepared. Yeah. Can you remind me what the title of the presentation is? Well, <laughs> can I? <laughs> yeah. Not you yours, your... Theo. You've, your presentation's on, on your suffering and your sacrifice, of course. Yeah. Anyway, of course, you're with Frey. She'll explain. She's been down here so many times. Don't worry about it. All right, so if you just put your names down there, walk through the door to your right. There's, uh, I think it's a third door hey, on the left. Hey, Stu, can I just mm. check a place out? Like, can I just... <laughs> yeah. Can I oh, just sure. be looking at this book at this What's clock? that? That pink-haired pink lady's just looking at... What's she doing? What's she doing over there? I'm looking and, around. And why does it want me to sign in in blood? <laughs> oh god yeah is it blooding oh I, no that's why bloody what's her name whoever it was went to get the ink can't get any ink because it's blood oh, <laughs> oh this is a nightmare uh for checking a place out brandy is looking at the logbook looking at trying to sort of intuit like what is this place because this now just looks like the most boring place ever brandy was so prepared for crazy mystical superpower stuff that she did not understand and she's coming to effectively the the you know the dvla uh so she's rolled i rolled a eight plus a one so a nine mixed success so i get one okay. question oh, oh the questions um uh what happened here recently what is about to happen what pokemon is nearby what should i be on the lookout for what here is useful or valuable to me who what is really in control here and what here is not what it appears to be i worry if i say if i ask what here is not what it appears to be it will actually be what it appears to be <laughs> I'm going to ask it because I want to know is Sheila a Badoof who works here is am I signing into a logbook yeah absolutely okay yeah great you're Waste signing the into a logbook yeah fine yeah Brandy what, I, I, sorry I didn't get your name did you write your name in the uh, yeah I wrote logbook? my name in blood yeah yeah <laughs> I don't know why any of you did that actually we actually do have working yeah, pens you've all, everything else is in ink <laughs> weirdly you've all just decided to write it in your own blood which is very dark I mean I know I mean obviously you've all suffered you wouldn't be here otherwise but still that's a first that's a first for me oh well I can mean, I ask a question of course Look, you can it's, it's so lovely so to have somebody to talk to it really is so we're going to present pre we're going to Present our presentations on how mm. we've suffered and how we've sacrificed, right? Uh, is that yes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's... what's wh why? What can you ask to tell us why we're presenting oh, them? It's just, what it's, are we it's just how it's always been done, you know, ever since Norman and obviously the original normal types of the normal tribe. That he was a he was a shaman. You see, you know, this is info that's been passed down from receptionist to receptionist. But uh, yeah, the. <laughs> When you get hired as a receptionist, you just get taken into like an Illuminati room yeah. of all the other receptionists. I remember the day very well. A Fero captured me and put me in a sack, took me to the back room and taught me everything I needed to know. And I was put on the front desk. And, and a chonk in a trench coat put a bag over my head and I woke up here. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically it, you know. I used to work in the mail room and here I am now. Look at me. Yeah. Wow, congratulations. We didn't do anything. We never got any mail, but uh, it was it was all good fun. We had good chats. We had a little coffee corner. Mm. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you ask me a question? I've yeah, I forgotten. did. Why are we? What are we about to do? Oh, What's course, the point? Yes. yes. No. No. Of course you. Do. Yes. No. Uh, department has been this way ever since, and uh, you know you've got to you've got to go in, make your presentations to the assessors, and they will decide whether you can move on. Um, did the yeah. assessors also sign in? No, they work here. They work here. We don't leave. Ah, oh, damn so, it. Otherwise, we might have known. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. Who else? If I look at this book. Oh, yeah. There's Frey. There's Frey. A few times. A few times. Mm. Mm. So why does she have to keep reapplying to the reassess- to the assessors? Is there something that she hasn't fulfilled in any of her previous oh, presentations? It's not really my place to say, but... um. Oh, oh, oh come <laughs> on, Sheila. Sheila, my... Uh-huh. <clears throat> my, my angel, surely, surely there's the. Um, what are you doing? Should... What is this? What's happening right now? They're smiling. That's what's happening. This is very strange. I can see teeth, but I feel scared. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I let... you're a bit of. I don't really know why I'm doing. I'm sorry. I'm trying to do a lot. Um, I could somebody else. I'm... All my usual tactics have worn out. So does anybody else want to try and find more? Out? Yeah. Why? Why did Frey keep failing? Why does he keep coming back? You're Frey's friends, aren't you? I, I thought you were with Frey. I thought you were mm. sort of... Yeah, yeah, we are. Mm. We are. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Can I look and see if there are any other names? Yeah, sure. Other than Frey's? Um, you wasted a question on your checker place out, Tom, oh. so shall I just give you what you can see in the logbook? OK, what can you see? You see Frey a few times. Um, you see... You see Nero and Abom. Right. Mm. The, two of the elite three. Yeah, okay. but they, they have not signed out. In fact, the only person who signed out is Frey. Oh, on, God. On all of them. <laughs> it's the Hotel California, folks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but before that, you see... Yeah, there's a few names, none that you would recognise. They don't mean anything. No. You know what? Shall we just, shall we just like, go? I don't think there's anywhere else to go. We turn around and the door has vanished. Oh. <laughs> the revolving door has vanished. <laughs> oh, there it goes. <laughs> Does that sometimes. <laughs> oh... <laughs> So uh, should we just so go through third and do door, our... Uh... Third door on the right, you say? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think that was, that was what I said. Yeah. Anyway. I've got lots of work to do, so if you just want to... You want to get through and... Um... Oh. oh, suddenly suddenly you, you want to get back to work. You don't enjoy our company anymore. Wow, well, we really... I don't know. You just, you know, you write your names in blood and you, you seem very <laughs> nervous. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't even mentioned my lovely new spectacles. Uh, we, we, have no frame, we have no reference oh, of their name. How would we new. know if they were new oh, spectacles? Sure, no, yes, Is that a new. glasses chain you've gone for? I've uh, always no. wondered if I could pull that off myself, I but I don't wear glasses, want... so oh, there we my... go. Yeah, no. Do you want to Sheila? try one? No? Okay, all right. Oh, anyway, door opens. Off you go. Off you go. I, I mean, I guess, I, I guess we awkwardly, like, not really knowing what we... We're letting ourselves in for just like you would in any office that you do, you you're, yeah. you know you're just like a guest yeah. in. You're just sort of like awkwardly oh, walking past people's you a, desks. I didn't give you your name tags. Of course, you need your visitors' badges, don't you? Yep. All right, there you go. So that's one for Theo, one for Brandy, and one for Kenny. Wear it with pride. Thanks. You're you've been very helpful, Sheila. I like your glasses. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I may not see you again. There's many... Yeah. Oh, that's ominous. Wow. I just, I, no, no, I just mean... Yeah, I mean, looking at the logbook, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, Fair. yeah, yeah. Fair, okay. Okay, but the door opens and you shuffle awkwardly into the sound of copiers, fax machines and all signs of um, office paraphernalia. And, yeah, there's more pictures in the in the office. Uh, there's Norman. Um, there's Norman and Togekiss. There's an OG picture of Norman oh. and Togekiss. Hand, hand-shaking wing, just sort of like a... We're a, part- we're a partnership. And then, obviously, Tokikis disappears from a lot of the photos. Um, there's Norman. He, he, he looks more and more sick in a lot of the photos. Uh, then you see Slacking start to take over. Um, there are little office parties that, that are, are remembered. Obviously, there's no sense of time down here, so they just kind of... What's, what, what are their markers, Tom? What do they celebrate down here? Uh, I think 
every time uh, a large type null uh, gets up from their uh, desk and goes into the toilet, we watch everyone switch seats. And then type null comes out and looks really confused, but then continues at their desk and everyone, we see everyone giving each other looks like, yeah, that really went really well. I'm actually getting more of a severance vibe than I am the office now. I don't know who's seen yeah. Severance. Has anyone oh, seen, yeah, I've yeah, seen yeah, Severance? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So no. It's that kind of creep, slightly creepy office, but you know, everyone's still ostensibly doing their work, but nobody really knows what the work is. There are times of, of celebration, but they all seem to mark really odd things. Um, but it's, it's, you know, it's just like everyone's beaver in a way. There's quite a lot of normal type Pokemon here doing their jobs. Bidoof away. away. Bidoof in a way. Um, but yeah, what do you guys do? Third door on the right, did she say? Please, can we get into this third door on the right? Because yeah, like, we the, need. I, this I is actually, freaking me I, out. I, I would prefer the horrors of whatever's on the third door on the right than staying here. The Wooloo there over is, there is organising an office Olympics. We need to go. There is so little whimsy in here that I can feel Dark Ken dying. <laughs> yeah. so maybe we should stay. <laughs> Yeah, guys, but did you see that they're doing it? They're doing a biscuit spreadsheet where every week somebody brings in a different. Sweet okay, Theo, treat. you need to be the first one out of here yeah, because okay, you're in right. danger. Yeah, 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 Kenny, yeah, yeah, Kenny yeah. and Brandy push Theo through the third door on the right just to get <laughs> okay. them out of there. Which says assessments, and it's a very, very normal conference room. The blinds are down. There is a projector on the circular table in the middle. There are sixteen chairs around the edge, but there are only two that are filled. And as you walk in, uh, the lights come on. So these people have been sat in the dark and <laughs> at, what, at the other end of the table, you see a gumshoes and an Alolan raticate sat on either side of the table. Um, one says suffering, one says sacrifice, and they're shuffling papers. And they turn to you and they go, right, let's get presenting, shall we? third installment of judgment the final arc of critical ditto a very very somber one i think you'll agree just because the dice are always right doesn't mean they're always nice uh, i think we've seen there the cruelty of tabletop role-playing games played out before your i was going to say eyes but played out in front of your ears next to your ears i suppose is the phrase um we're all very upset about it to be honest, we didn't we didn't want it to end that way for Honey and Aster, and maybe it won't. Hopefully, there might be a, uh, a a way to salvage some of the wreckage. But that was a pretty pretty difficult recording, to say the least, which I think you can probably tell. In other news, Sheila's a lot of fun. Am I right? We're in an office environment. Huh? that's a bit crazy. Well, thank you very much for listening. Um, I'm hoping. Uh, it doesn't get much more brutal than that as we go forward, but we're in the final arc, so who can tell? I'd like to thank Michael Sands for creating the game Monster of the Week, which we have adapted into Pocket Monster of the Week. I'd also like to thank Braxton Burks and the Materia Collective. 
and glitch X City and epidemic sounds for all of the music and extra sound effects you heard in the episode. I'd also like to thank Junichi Masada and Satoshi Tajiri for creating Pokemon, but just to remind you that we are in no way affiliated with uh, the Pokemon company Game Freak or Nintendo, and we are a not-for-profit podcast. I would, of course, like to thank our wonderful patrons. Thank you to Alex Dominguez, Misjudged Plush, uh, Fushi Gidane, Dalton Fett, Here I Come, Bannon, Green Pikmin, Mew, Mew, Mew's, love it, okay, great to know, great to know that Mew's on board, uh, Curtis Hovey, Joseph Tibbs, Freya, Lily Gilder, Rosie Skies Ahead, Christy, Mega Noodle, Zachary Turing, Eleanor Mialoff, Tommy Portillo, Aidan Clark, Mark Smith, Brad Demon Dowker, My Cabbages, Dr. Rani, Jeremby's Mum, Alex W., Crispy, Huxley Spicer, Beth Shivers, Heather L. Snell, Betsy Lewin Lee, Darius Joukowsky, Ellie Lieberman, Jeremby, Scott M., Dr. Megaman PhD, Keiko Pin Cosplay, Big Fat Nuke, Jonah Jackson, Cesar Trevino, Force Majeure, Grandin Creations, Eric Eichinger, Millamois, Ginny Voss, Alastair Collison, a.k.a the game master thank you to all of you uh, for being excellent patrons and your patronage is much appreciated as is everyone who listens to the podcast and shares it with their friends and just says check this out finally of course i would like to thank Stu, ali and david and i guess now we all share in that trauma as do you so there's only one thing to say let's keep this upbeat but remember go catch them all And by all, I mean your dreams. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say goodnight to the kids. Hang on, that's fine. Oh, is it fine? My babies. Oh, oh that that's warm. on. Oh, that warmed my cockles. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>